When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. DMVR draft podcast. Tis upon us, fellas. Eight weeks until these glorious Saturdays become college football Saturdays. The two legends here with me better enjoy it while they can because their ass is going to be working every single <laughs> one of those Saturdays. Enjoy the summer, boys. I look forward to having some cold ones with the little one. She'll have her own cold ones, you know, maybe not a brick brew, you know, <laughs> maybe some apple juice, but uh, just watching ball throughout the fall until next thing you know it it's 2024 and we're talking about that 2024 draft the aforementioned legends with me are as always j mike justin michael the man the myth the legends behind dmvr rams j mike how we feeling a legendary signing by your rammies uh just this day or yesterday yeah, I mean, verbal commit, obviously nothing's official until December mm-hmm. when they when we have signing day. But uh, Jordan Ross, four-star wide receiver, committed to CSU, had big-time interest from Michigan State, Auburn, offer from CU. If he ends up signing, he will be the second highest-rated prospect in program history, the highest since Justin Holland in 2001. Uh, really exciting day. They also picked up a three-star running back who had a three or four P5 offers as well. So. Uh, go check out that podcast if you missed it. I had some issues with the upload initially, which I didn't notice. So that was my bad, but it, it's up there now and breaking it all down. Arguably the most successful 24-hour period in terms of recruiting uh, at the 21st century for CSU football. So big day, big day indeed. What a beaut. And Jake Sir, Jake Schwanitz, as always here with us from DMVR Buffs. Jake doing some great stuff as well. Check out the latest Buffs podcast. Um, is Cam a Cam's an under the radar draft prospect? Scouts have have his name down, Jakester. I'm sure um, he played pretty well. At Jackson State. He comes in, could definitely be the starting safety. Um, we're going to talk about his best friend today. I'm sure, which was Kool Aid McKinstry that we found out yesterday. That was pretty awesome. He's uh, kind of like Justin from Alabama. He's from Alabama, actually, but he's a diehard Alabama fan. He always watches that team uh, when he's not playing. So that was cool to find out. And then uh, we'll have a banger on Monday, too. Some info on Cormani McLean. So I know some people will be excited about that. Beautiful. It's really that season, guys. And, um, you know, it's more work for you. But I love the way college football set up where there's really round-the-clock stuff nowadays. Um, so yeah, 
We've hinted at it. We're going to talk 2024. It's truly time to turn the page. The hype is real. It was nice to know you, 23 draft, but we are moving on to 24. And what gets us really hyped about this 24 class is, in fact, the skill position, guys. It's a... Man, it's been a minute since we've had a class that really promised to have these kind of true brew chip prospects. Um, So yeah, it's a special one. And obviously, we start with Caleb Williams in the Buffs division. Jake, one of those few guys who like already feels like a set and forget prospect coming into their final year. Yeah, we put him under the microscope now. Uh, coming off the Heisman season, it was a lot of ooh, ahs, and highlight reel stuff that we were talking about every week. Now we get to dissect every single throw. Uh, USC defensively is, I mean, they had their issues last year, and we'll see how these transfers kind of fit in. But he could have a lot on his plate this year. Uh, so that's going to be something to monitor. I mean, we know what he is. He's a special talent. He's probably going to be the first overall pick in this upcoming draft. Um He'll be under the microscope, but I think it's as close to set and forget since at least Trevor Lawrence, if not, I don't know, Andrew Luck. This guy is a stud. Yeah, Justin, I mean, you're a big Bama guy. You're a big Bryce guy. We all are. Caleb Williams versus Bryce. How many tiers of difference is there right now? Uh, they're so different. <laughs> they sure are. They like sure what are. I love about Bryce versus what I love about Caleb are kind of two ends of the spectrum. I love how polished Bryce is in the pocket, whereas what I really love about yeah. Caleb is his ability to improvise and create outside of that structure. A- Athleticism-wise, I-, I think Caleb Williams is kind of in a class all his own. I, I think he needs right. to kind of show that he can process the same way that some of these other guys can. But I mean, that's nitpicking really. Like it's, it's a guy who's just kind of done nothing but produce these last couple of years. And like Jake said, it's just going to be putting him under a microscope and really kind of seeing if he can lock in and elevate this team in a major way, which third year as a starter, it's kind of that time. I know or second and a half year, I guess, since yeah. he took over halfway, but it's that time. Like you're the guy you're well within the system. It's the year you prove it or you don't. I love how you guys set me up. The athleticism does make him stand out on his own. And it's really when we talk about athleticism as a, or almost at a per size equation, right? Like at his prototypical NFL size, what he's able to do is super duper special. Um, And obviously athleticism in quarterbacks has become something with Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, that, uh, you know, I think we've all been in tune to the importance of athleticism and, you know, how important it's been in college football for the last 15 years. Lamar's another great example. T-Law certainly fits. The list goes on and on and on of young quarterbacks. There's not one that's stiff, right? Uh, there's the There hasn't been a Joe Flacco of this generation. Um, so Caleb, in that regard, is truly special as an athlete and as a his ability to throw on the move is just insane um his arm strength really stands out i mean after that very first 
um, Red River rivalry where he has to come in and they yank Spencer Rattler and the down big against Texas and he pulls that out of his ass. Marvin Mims plays a big part in that comeback win. Um, I mean, it you know, two quarters into his college career, man, we were on this pod talking the the next week and I was saying like, dang, keep this guy under wraps because that arm just pops. It doesn't, you know, you see those 10,000 hours of college football quarterbacks and then there's a guy who just, it just comes out. It just travels uh, differently from other dudes and it stands out in like a couple plays. Like it's that kind of easy. So the raw tools that they stand out to the common eye, like super quickly, as Jake said, now we put them under the microscope and what Justin hinted at the decision making is the important one because he's almost so damn talented that he's going to have to learn at a certain point, you can't just do whatever you want. You can't just go hunting out of the pocket, scramble, and we're getting yank at 35 yards and boom, that's how we converted third and long. At a certain point, you need to kind of take what the defense gives you. And it's that maturation we've seen from guys like Josh Allen, who still needs to get there to some extent, and Mahomes, who I really think kind of turned the corner in that area this last season in the NFL. Um, And then the other thing you hinted at this off air, Jake, was where's he going to go? How much will we hate the situation he lands in? Yeah, uh, I'm at a mock draft right now. They have him going to Arizona, and we've talked enough about yeah. Arizona and what they did in the draft a few weeks ago. Um, it's They already did this a few years ago. They kind of tanked out after they drafted Rosen, got Kyler. Now they're kind of doing it again. So uh, they're Crazy. doing what we've talked about a few times. If you don't get a quarterback and you don't think he's that special, just try again, man. Um, so I, I guess some kudos actually for giving it a shot, but We'll see that whole ownership situation. We'll see how the head coach and GM work out this year. It's a lot of, a lot of wait and see for them. Not to take us down this rabbit hole too far, but are they setting up to be one of those teams that's tanking this year and then they're not going to retain their first year coach? And, you know, I was just thinking they signed like Lincoln Riley's first protege, Kyler. Could they be the ones who draft his last protege? Because Lincoln kind of realizes this, you know, it's the time, it's time to make that jump. I don't know. I mean, it's very early in his USC tenure. Obviously, they're moving to the Big Ten. Tons of factors and all this, but um I don't know if there's anything there for you, Justin, or if you want to move on to Drake May. I would just say if there was a time to make the jump to the NFL, that would make a lot of sense. I with no inside information, yeah. obviously, just reading the tea leaves, I get the sense that he is a lot like a Saban type that likes mm-hmm. that he can control every aspect of the program. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that would translate the same way in the NFL. I mean, obviously, he's an, an offensive genius, but it's the day-to-day dynamic, the control you have over your team that mm-hmm. these college coaches really like. And honestly, the money's gotten so out of control with college coaches, you probably are going to make more at the college level anyways. Yeah. And I mean, USC is trying to enter this new sphere of college football. Obviously, you got to see what USC can do in this era of NIL, et cetera, because you think they could be a big winner. Then they make the jump to the Big Ten. And the other, I think, thing in all of this is, you know, the CJ Strouds, the Bryce Youngs, these great SoCal quarterbacks 
that used to stay at home have all gone away. What happens when USC is good enough to retain those guys? Um, so yeah, there's. If I'm his agent, though, I'm I'm flirting with USC. I'm bringing up that to the AD. You know, you know, well, he, he could consider the pro career, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you get an extra zero on that contract. Well, not to mention the situation with the AD going on right now. So they've got a lot up in the air. USC they did kill the portal this last year, so it feels like Lincoln's starting to get it going. But there, there's a lot that USC has to juggle moving forward here. Yeah, interesting kind of subplot in that both with who the team will land, who will be there to land them in the NFL, and this USC situation for sure. Um, Jake, I'm guessing you're the highest on Drake May here uh, on this here pod. Um, I I so I can't remember exactly when I watched him. It must have been some Josh Downs, ACC. probably. Josh Downs, that's who it was. That's what yeah. I was thinking. I, I know I watched a lot of USC <laughs> yeah, yeah. a few months ago. Um, yeah, I never really watched him too much in the season last year, but I came away quite impressed when I watched him. Uh, he's athletic. He's got the arm. He's got some making ability. Um, I just think that Caleb, I've already seen it enough from him. Mm-hmm. And Drake May, I, I feel like he's got more to prove this year, I guess, um, just to like certify himself as the number two quarterback. Because, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but you scroll down this list, and it is an intriguing list of guys who are eligible for this draft. And it's 15 deep. At quarterback specifically. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a minute, J-Mike, since we've had... I don't know. Like, I, I worry... I worry I'm a slave of the moment, right? And the recency bias is super powerful right now. But it really feels like this class is setting up to be great for starters because you have talents at the top who are really good. And then you just have insane amount of depths. And I think that's partly a factor of a, an extra eligibility window. Cause a lot of these kids were still playing in 2020 when COVID came around and B NIL keeping guys back like the, you know, I mean, we could go down the list tenfold right now. Yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Michael Penix jr. At Washington, mm-hmm. Even Bo Nix at Oregon, these are guys that would not be back for another year of college football. You have an opportunity. I do think that there's a pretty significant gap between Williams and May and everybody else, but I feel like Mm -hmm. the floor is significantly higher with a lot of these guys. And, you know, maybe they're not going to be necessarily like franchise quarterbacks, people you're going to completely build your franchise around. But... I think you feel a lot better about these guys being able to come in and play competent football than some of you know, the options we've looked at these past two, three years. Once you got out of those top two quarterback options, it felt like, oh man, like I'm going to have to take this guy in the first three rounds. Like, Are you sure we can't wait until the fifth round? And I think there's just going to be a lot of second, third, fourth round quarterbacks in this class and some guys that are going to pop and go higher in the first two. But yeah, I think there's like six, seven guys that you would feel okay about at least bringing in. And then the list beyond that's really intriguing. I mean, could Rattler figure it all out and pop again? I mean, Talia Tagovailoa is a guy I've been high on at Maryland and think has some really fun tools. Like, how high is J.J. McCarthy on these lists? The guy who I'm super high on. And I mean, outside of Caleb is the only returning program to the true like blue bloods who you think could be real playoff contenders. 
JJ could have a massive year coming into this. And I think he's the X factor. I agree there's a gap between Williams May. McCarthy is the one guy who feels like that gap's not too far for him to close. I, I'd throw him in there. The other guy's got to be Joe Milton, though, at Tennessee. I mean, we talked about Anthony Richardson last year. His tools, this guy's got another cannon. We saw it a bit, I think, in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started after Hendon Hooker went down, and that's when everyone kind of lost his mind. He He's in this offense, and we talked about it with Hendon Hooker last year, where it's if you have a strong arm and you're able to just stand tall in that pocket and let these receivers get downfield, you're going to be explosive and you're going to put up a lot of numbers. Um, so we'll go through that process with him. I have to mention Shador as well. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens this year with the buffs. Uh, but if he has a very good year and if this offense is really potent, really lethal, uh, I wouldn't rule him out declaring, but I would, I would bet he probably comes back probably the same with Quint Ewers, guys like that. And then Michael Penix, my fucking guy, man. Penix. I mean, that guy has put together quite the career, that entire Washington offense one you really want to keep an eye on. He's not even your guy of guys. You The, the jerk is in play here. <laughs> oh, um, man. I mean, don't get me started on him. <laughs> I'm sure we haven't even mentioned some of the guys that might be on the tip of your tongue, Justin. I mean, I just, there's just a lot of guys that I think have flashed, but you're looking for them to kind of take it to that next level. You could look at somebody like Jordan Travis at Florida State, where if you look at the second half yeah. of that season, I think he did a lot of things well and i think that's a program that you know you feel pretty good coming in cam ward is back at washington state i'm interested to see what happens dude with Jalen daniels at kansas and dj uh, ugalele i can't pronounce his last name i butcher it every time but at oregon state can he be the guy that that we thought you know post trevor lawrence it wasn't that long ago i think that's probably the most intriguing thing for me just as a national college football fan this year is what happens with some of these quarterbacks like Spencer Rattler and Cam Rising and DJ and all these people that we've watched for years and years and years. And there's a lot to like about them, but they're also kind of, they haven't really popped in a way that some of these guys at the top have. It wouldn't shock me if, you know, two or three of these guys have breakout years. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about like 10 different quarterbacks that we like. Yeah. And I mean, I love you guys brought up guys like Milton and DJ because the upside for those dudes is like really high, significantly higher than some. And then you, you'll you have new starters at Georgia, at Bama, at Ohio State. Would not be inconceivable that you have another Dwayne Haskins, another Mac Jones that's just like, yep, that one-year wonder, boom, comes through, explodes, and, you know, we're off and running. Bama, I don't even know if they have the quarterback necessarily locked in yet. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it'll probably be Jalen Milrow who's just yeah. an incredible athlete. And yeah. I mean, you. there were a couple times where they got him in in sub packages last year when Bama was up and he would break these runs that are just insane. But I mean, they've also got Tyler Buckner, who's more of like a pro-style type quarterback, and you'll see him in, in the mix as well. It feels very open in college football in a way that we haven't seen in a couple years. I mean, I still think Georgia and you know some of these teams, Ohio State, are, are a clear cut above everybody else, Michigan. But I do think there's a fun opportunity here for some of these other teams for like USC, you know, to get in this mix and hopefully break into the playoff. Thousand percent. The one guy I vow to not buy into no matter what happens. And I'm saying this on record to you right now, boys, is Bo Nix. 
whoever, if there's he ever a week this point. where I'm like, holy shit, I might be a Bo Nix guy. Is he worth a top 50 pick? Please stop me. Okay, please. I, I beg of you. That's the one it's, guy I can't accept. It's going to happen, Dre, multiple times this year. He's going to have a five or six touchdown game. Three of them are going to be 50-yard bombs, and he's going to run in the other two. And we're going to be talking about him for the Heisman. God. But then you watch him on a, a second and six trying to, you know, read just like a mesh concept or something and not, uh, you know, poop himself, honestly. So uh, we'll see. He kind of didn't do too much of that last year. I saw the one glorious play live, and I will never forget it. Oh, man. Yep, I tweeted Bo Nix out. is like the five that doesn't translate in the NBA, where it's like he's a great college player. It's a ton of fun to watch. You would take him in just about any major program. You know, Zach Eady at Purdue. Any any mm-hmm. blue blood in the country would take him, but that guy's not even going to get drafted. It, it's just, you can be a great and exciting college player and not necessarily translate at the next level. And that's that's why we nerd out on all this stuff. It's the margins, guys. Yep. Absolutely. Great analogy. Um, May just seems to check off a lot of boxes. He's going to be really interesting in the ACC where it feels like Florida State's going to be back really strong and UNC is going to be a tough one to uh, to deal with. They kind of have that spread, fast-paced offense and he executes it nicely, man. He's got a really good like vertical ball, kind of a decisive thrower and he's got that athleticism you mentioned. Jake with a bit of a you know some advanced like zip and placement. McCarthy, such a good runner, and in that dominant run first offense, we need to see him complete, consistent, and like similar to NFL windows. Cause right now he's more of a read option, reads, you know, your first two. And if the guy's wide open deep, he's gonna hit it. And he does that consistently enough, you're in big fucking trouble, which is what happened to teams who played Michigan last year. Um, but you, you need, you know, we, we need to get to the B and C and D levels of quarterbacking that are required in the NFL that JJ is not quite at. But boy, levels A and B, he's certainly mastered at this point. You can master the art of ticketing this summer before college football becomes your obsession and you are unavailable every single weekend through the fall, now's your time. Get on the Game Time app. Use that code DMVR where you're going to get $20 off at sign-up. Boom, right off the bat. That might be two free tickets to a Rockies game tonight. Might be a couple tickets to a PIDS game. Though, 4th of July, they will not be that cheap. Blink-182 on there. Prices are dropping. Uh, You can find all sorts of great events here in Denver, and they always have the best last-second deals for you. Incredible, um, you know, customer service. They've got you covered, man. They are legit. They are the people to go to when you want to go see an event in Denver, and especially sporting events. And it's also a place where you might want to get a bit of a start on some college football tickets Right now, download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code DMVR, and get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DMVR for $20 off when you download the Game Time app and sign up. Check them out. 
And shout out to Shady Rays. Hope you're all enjoying this beautiful. Well, actually, I don't know if it's beautiful. Is it beautiful in Denver right now? I'm in Utah. That's beautiful. Yep. Cool. Awesome. It's beautiful. Uh, Independence Day weekend. I guess weekend, right? If it's on Tuesday. Either way, Shady Rays has you covered with the best sunglasses out there. Durable frames, extremely clear polarized optics. Uh, if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. And right now, usually it's 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. But for this Independence Day sale, you can go to ShadyRays.com and you can get 50% off single pairs of sunglasses. You can also check out their entire collection at the Park Meadows Mall. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Speaking of 4th of July, Independence Day, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And at least I know I can have an ice cold Breck brew in my Boom. hands. Whenever I want. There's no better way to do anything than doing it with a Breck Brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's summer. The sun's out. It's mountain beach season. It's Jake and my personal favorite beer. We're not even pandering. That is the beer of the month, but it is legitimately our favorite beers. I have had at least a 12-pack of it in my fridge at all times for the last two years. Mm. You are not going to find a better sour out there. It's the perfect amount of sweetness, amount of tartness. It's crushable. It's perfect by itself. It tastes good with a burger, with pizza, you name it. And if you're not into sours, that's fine because they've got beers for everybody. Avalanche, Amber Ale, Fun Slinger, the good company, hard seltzers always hit. Check out the new slushies at the farmhouse. Those are fire. Whatever you're into, Breck has a beer for you. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com. Find a brew near you. We might just have to get slushed up at the uh, farmhouse, man. Jake, we were talking about all getting together. Might just have to get you out here. And if you need a crash pad, you you can you can pick between uh, your yeah. options in Lakewood. <laughs> Lots of homies around here. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get slushed up at the farmhouse. Cannot wait, man. As hyped as we are on the quarterbacks. I mean, is Drake May your second best offensive skill position prospect in the 24 class? Or is there perchance a bloodline heavy stud wide receiver who you have ahead of him? Or maybe uh, one of the best tight ends you've ever evaluated? J. Mike, who would your second best prospect in this class be? The positional value has me inclined to say it's Drake May. In my heart, I believe that the two best college football play that the two best players in the country are Caleb Williams and Brock Bowers. I think you could make a legitimate argument that Bowers is this the most impressive just football player in this class. I mean, he's a freak. You should not be able to move that well at that size, be that nimble. He's just insane, but I do lean Drake May because I think he has all the tools. I think he's flashed, even despite the fact that he hasn't had the same you know talent around him that they had at receiver a couple years back. Maybe it's the uniforms. I'll admit there's a part of me that just when I see those QBs in that Carolina blue, you just, I instantly think you're cooler. But um, yeah, I got Drake May at number two, just barely. And then I'd go Brock Bowers, and then I would go Marvin Harrison. But I mean, all four of these guys are, are clearly top five worthy. I think I'd go Marvin Harrison at number two. Yeah. Um, you have the bloodlines. 
And we know what Brian Hartline and these uh, coaches at Ohio State can produce in the receiver room. And they've got Emeka Ibuka, too, who's probably going to be another first-round guy. So it's another year of two first-round studs uh, out wide for the Buckeyes. And just in terms of receivers? In terms of receivers for right now, probably. Um, I'd throw Romo Dunze's name out there from Washington. He's fun uh, to watch as well. But Marvin Harrison, you have the bloodlines. He's coming from a school with tons of pedigree, tons of proven um, production in terms of sending guys to the league. I mean, we were talking about him last year. Like, this guy's ready to go. Like, he'd probably be wide receiver one in this class. Um, It's real tight. And I think just the positional value, him over the tight end, Brock Bowers, because I do think he's amazing as well. But I'm beginning to get a little weary just because, you know, you watch Kyle Pitts and he was supposed to be like this unicorn transformational player in Atlanta. And I know they've got other issues, quarterback included. Um, But I'm just a little hesitant to go that in on a tight end. I think it just takes longer to translate. And I even told myself this with Trey McBride going in, like, don't panic when he doesn't do much his rookie year or even halfway through the second season. I mean, you look at some of these tight ends, even Kelsey, you know, it took him two, three years to really pop. And I do think Atlanta could do something schematically to take better advantage of Pitt's unique athleticism. I mean, just get the guy fucking open, get the ball in his hands. We don't have to be that cute about it here. But I, I do think that is one thing that we just get a little impatient. Just throwing that out there. But that could be an argument of why you should take Harrison. He's a guy that immediately is going to come in and be yeah. able to translate. Yeah. Um, as great as Bowers is, I do think the positional value is uh, does make it a little tougher for him, even though he really, really profiles to be that complete inline tight end. I mean, a true mismatch and factor when you just line them up on the field and i'm that's that's a tough one to disregard especially for a guy who's just had incredible um like impact and success from day one in college football marvin harrison jr i mean this is a 6-4 wide receiver with incredible production and just some rare hands and um route running ability to where even if he isn't maybe the greatest vertical separator for like even as far as guys six two and above go it's i don't know that it's gonna matter that much because just his hands are so good he's so refined and using his body and adjusting and then he's such a flawless route runner um he's always open Man, some unique talents, some unique talents coming out of their sophomore seasons. You just do not feel this way about guys who we've only seen for a couple years in college football. We're usually projecting a lot more. We're usually, it's a lot more speculative. But man, Marv to me is uh, Caleb and him are in just a, a category of their own. They are so damn talented, so polished, and just such a insane blend of athleticism at size at such a young age, you know, and, and they both just pop off the page. Bowers is similar. <laughs> Bowers is similar in that way. But yeah, it, you you do, you are a little skeptical with the tight ends and it's going to be very interesting to see them in maybe more 11 personnel, uh, you know, because you're not going to have Darnell Washington there as the set and forget second blocking tight end at all times. So those three though are really unique and um 
no Monken either. How does that impact him and what his role in the offense is? I mean, I feel like there were moments where he would just script up. Let's just do let's just do Bowers over the seam here of little play action, and it, it was going to be there every single time. Like he did such a good job of creating opportunities for these skill guys and taking advantage of their powers. Now, obviously, is Georgia still probably going to be fine? But I do think that's a huge loss. It's a huge one hundred percent. No, that's a really big loss right there. Um, at the same time, the guy's kind of been flawless, right? And it's it's funny how this happens. Guys will be just perfect, and then that year under the microscope comes around and nothing goes right, you know? So, I mean, you, you have set the stage for, like, there, there are some circumstances that could kind of make him, I don't know, the offensive equivalent of a Jadavion Clowney or something. Um, you mentioned Egbuka, Jake, other wide receivers we want to touch on. It's also a pretty fun running back class here. Um, I immediately go to USC. Dorian Singer and Mario Williams are absolute studs. Dorian Singer comes over from Arizona. I'm interested to see how he translates over to playing with Caleb. He was their leading receiver with Jaden Delora last year. Um, they just have so many weapons. If he can be leading receiver this year, I mean, we're looking at another first round guy coming out of USC at wide. Um, What's the book on Mario? In, Mario Williams is a, he's a lot of fun electric. He didn't have great production really last year. I don't think anyone really had great production aside from Jordan. Even Jordan Addison was kind of down exactly. for USC last year. Right. Um, but he is fun, man. He gets the ball in his hands and he is twitched up. He, I think he averaged over like 15 yards per reception last year. Um, he can take it to the house on these screens. He can be a deep threat. He's a lot of fun. Um, but lots of Pac-12 guys. Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. He was actually their leading, uh, second leading receiver, I think, to Dorian Singer. Um, but he was racking up receptions. He's a smaller guy. And then the guys at Florida State, Johnny Wilson's been there, but they got Keon Coleman uh, from Michigan State. Uh, we'll see which one of them pop. There's a ton of wide receivers this year. The Pac-12 is going to be interesting, man, with some of those offenses. When you look at, you know, what is Arizona able to do in, in year two with Delora? And, you know, what does Arizona State look like in some of these receivers? Singer is a guy that I like a lot. I had Cowan on my list. Um, I think Texas is going to be a fun offense. When you look at mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy and the speed yeah. that he has on the outside, I think he's a guy who needs to maybe beef up a little bit. But vertically, that dude's a burner. Uh, another Texas receiver I'm looking forward to seeing is uh, Isaiah Nayer, former Wyoming starter. He actually missed all last season with a torn ACL. I think he's a guy that can be an all Big 12 type receiver, though. Vertical threat, really, really explosive. Um, Tory Horton, I'm not sure if he's going to come out or not, um, but at CSU is a guy that you guys should keep an eye on. Just throwing him out there. He's not in the the same conversation as some of these other guys were throwing out, but I do think he'll be a top 75 pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of fun receivers going into this year. I think, I think I covered the the ones I want to throw. Oh, uh, there's a dude from UTSA Clark. I can't remember his first name, but uh, I was watching him this morning. And you touched on Romeo Dunze, is it the Washington kid? Yes. He's six, 200 pounds. And I mean, he's going to have Penix passing it to him. Like, woof. He's a he's a factor. I mean, what's the over under on first round first round wide receivers this season? 
this draft? Oh man, I think right now you said it at five and a half, and that's just I that's think, exactly what under. I was gonna set it at. Well, I was gonna say that might be it might be six and a half, maybe even seven and a half once we get to the end of the season if some guys pop. There's some serious talent. Oh my god, what a fun class. And then you have some after bowers. There are a couple exciting like move tight ends. Chatavion Sanders at Texas is one. Um, and then the running backs, man. Like Shipley's gonna be really interesting at Clemson. Um, Bo Allen at Wisconsin is really interesting. Raheem Sanders at Arkansas is like 225 pounds plus. And it's just a truck downhill, man. He's been a beast in the SEC for a couple years now. I'm big on Raheem Sanders. Feels like McFadden a little bit when you put on his mm-hmm. highlights and it's just a freight train downhill. Like you see SEC linebackers hesitant to step up and make a tackle on him because he's so physical. I mean, that's a throwback right there. That's the kind of guys the NFL, that's the kind of guys who are like are able to do the shit they do in college in the NFL, you know? Um, so like that, that matters a lot to me. And that's without even getting into, you know, like Corum Jake or, uh, Alton McCaskill, who I'm sure you could talk to us about. Yeah. Alton McCaskill's for the buffs coming off an ACL, but he was a freshman phenom at Houston two years ago. Uh, buffs are pretty stacked in the running back room. Uh, I'd actually throw Kavasi smokes name out there too. This is a guy who's a grad transfer coming in to carry the ball a lot. Um, I don't know how this backfield is going to shape out right now, but I could easily see him being a 1B type of guy and being like a day three guy as we move through this process. You mentioned Blake Corum. You got to mention Donovan Edwards too. I mean, that's probably the best one-two punch running backs in the country. And then Travion Henderson at Ohio State, he's coming back from his injury. He was electric two years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been a minute since the hyped Ohio State running back lived up to it like shit it's been since zeke almost right not that there's been bad running backs but like it's just been more about the past it's been a lot like bama these last couple years where it's been less on the backs and more about the receivers yeah and the backs are good they just haven't been like zeke level you know um yeah there's a there's some talent i love that you pointed out edwards the way he took over that Ohio State game. I mean, that's another he guy with like, a broken hand, too. <laughs> yeah. That's another dude like Raheem Sanders, who he gets downhill, man. Dudes don't totally want to put their bodies on the line to stop him, you know? Um, and Henderson. Is Sanders your running back one, or would Henderson be your running back one right now? Or Corum? You know, it, might, Corum. it might be Bo Allen. Really? Wow. Dude's been really producing, man. And yes. maybe has a smidge more dynamicism to his game than the other guys. I do. Now, the injury scares the shit out of me at Blake Corum. Is he actually going to be like ready to play next year? I mean, we never, I think, heard exactly what it was. It had to be a broken bone or a torn ligament or something because he was just not, when he came back, I can't remember which game it was, he was just not able to run the ball and be himself. Everything I've read seems like he's ready to go, though. Is like, is he a potential blue blood talent, or is he more a Zach Charbonnet? Oh no, this guy's special. I think. I mean, he is. He's the only ball. He's pretty small. 
Yeah. He, he would have been the Heisman winner if he finished the year healthy last year. He was out of control. He was going to run for close to 2,000 yards. Um, he was a touchdown machine. He's a goal line back for sure. Oh, he, yeah. He's just so shifty and like so compact that he's so good in those instances and he can get out of tight situations. Um, he's really good. Nose for the red zone for sure. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Who's your RB1, Justin? <laughs> I mean, it's probably Sanders, but I'm really, in- I think Donovan Edwards is really intriguing. I think Allen is really intriguing. Yeah. Shipley's a guy who I like watching a lot, but I don't know if he would be in my top two or three even. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I go Sanders just because I think his size and speed is so unique. And I think he's he's producing in a way that it, yeah. it, a lot of these other running backs just aren't. Like, he is that entire Arkansas offense. I know they got KJ Jefferson and he has his moments, but, mm-hmm. like, it's it's all about him. Yeah. He's, um, he's great, man. He really One is. One other guy? Else. I throw out is UCLA's Carson Steele. This guy was a machine for Ball State last year, ran for over 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns, averaged over five yards per carry. He's a big 215-bound six-foot back. Um, you know, you move on from Charbonnet, now you bring in another big bruiser who – and we've seen Chip Kelly is still – he can scheme up a run game, man. Uh, he had them rolling last year out of different personnels, different wow. type of runs, zone, power – um, and I'm excited to see what Carson Steele can do in that offense. I think Ball State lost two different thousand-yard rushers in the offseason because Wyoming added a guy that was big production for them too. And they were running, man. Jeez, poor Ball State, ball so hard. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a really exciting group of skill position guys, particularly the quarterbacks. And wide receivers. Um, And, you know, that's why we were given Arizona high grades. Because a team like that, it's not inconceivable that they could pull off both Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. I would be favorite for... It's got to be favorite for one-two pick right there for them, right? I mean, if Houston's that bad, oh, yeah. if they actually end up with back-to-back one and two, which I don't think that happens, but there's a very real possibility they have two top five picks and they trade up and try to get Marvin Harrison. And I mean, you're moving pennies at that point. You have so much draft capital. And well, I mean, Kyler too. So if you're like, if you're trading, yeah. you have a piece with yeah. the intention of taking one of these, like their option, they could add, they could get another first round pick out of it and end up having three, four picks in this one first round. Like it's, it's almost NBA territory with them at this point. Right. It, I mean, it really is. And the Houston caveat makes it so interesting because we essentially are going to be able to analyze all year long. Who was the better pick Bryce or waiting for a Caleb Williams, Drake may. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. That's going to be really fun. That's going to be really fun. And I mean, you know, that was the book on Bryce's. As good as we think he is, what is that ultimate NFL ceiling, you know, especially in a place like Houston? I mean, that's the bitch of projecting a top, top quarterback pick. So you don't just have to be good. You don't just have to be a franchise savior. You have to be a franchise savior for a team that's absolutely horrendous, that you 
hate. If you could pick the one team for him not to go to, that's the team that's gonna that he's gonna have to turn around. It's tough, man. Very, very tough. Ooh, I cannot wait. Thank you, fellas, for doing this. Um, we're gonna be back next week, as always, with more draft takes. Get into some defensive players, huh? Talk a little trenches. Do it. Soon enough, we'll be talking about local guys and conference previews and all sorts of other fun stuff. I'm Dre, Jakester, J. Mike. We will be back next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful weekend. Bye.